Welcome to the Valley Biz Buzz podcast, brought to you by the West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce. I'm Diana Williams, the Chief Executive Officer and the creator and producer of Valley Biz Buzz. Please welcome Season 2 Valley Biz Buzz show host, Jen Spada. Hey, Chamber members and extended Chamber community, welcome to Valley Biz Buzz. I'm your host, Jen, and I work for one of our premier businesses in the Valley. It is a beverage company called Boho Brands, which features an enriched mineral water you may have seen at one of our local grocers called BLK. It is delicious. To those of you who have been around the Chamber community for a while, you might recognize me as the best Chamber membership director that ever was. No laugh. But before I worked for the chamber, I worked for an amazing man named Rocky Rhodes, who owned a business called Rocky Roaster. No, Rocky did not roast chickens. Rocky Roaster was a coffee roasting facility at Canoga Park, and it was hands down the best coffee I had ever had in my entire life. So when I went to work for Rocky, I found out that he was a board member for the chamber. And he let me know that a part of my job would be to go to chamber of commerce events and to essentially market the business and try and get people back to the cupping table. And you'll find out uh, what the cupping table is and means. And in turn, we believed that that would help us land more wholesale accounts. Of course, Rocky was right because Rocky's always right. And (laughs) I went to the chamber of commerce and, uh, you know, their, their sort of motto is that we do business with people we know, like, and trust. So I went to the chamber events. I pretty much just made friends. And, of course, that eventually got people back to the cupping table. You know, we grew our wholesale accounts, you know, sort of Reader's Digest. Rocky and I had a great run. We had a lot of fun. And then he transitioned wholly into consulting. And I went to work for the chamber for many, many years. And fast forward to the uh, beverage company that I work for. We recently acquired a coffee company, a little roaster up in Ventura County. And as soon as that happened, I said, "Um, we have to call Rocky. Rocky is a coffee expert. Not only is he a coffee expert, he is like a rocket scientist in the coffee world. That's how I've always referred to him. He knows everything about coffee. He is a Q grader. You're going to find out what a Q grader is. He has relationships with farmers. He consults all over the world. Well, in a lot of countries, I'll say that. Um, and he uh, he's on he's on the Roasters Guild. This man is coffee itself. <laughs> anyway, uh, without hesitation, welcome, Rocky. Welcome to Valley Biz Buzz. That was the uh, best interview promo intro that I've ever had. Yeah! And I, only you can do it. So, <laughs> uh, so happy to have you. Um, it's great to be speaking with you again after all of these years and doing that fun stuff that we did with Rocky Roaster and uh, now doing this next venture. Yes, it's amazing. And that's a part of what the chamber does. You know, they, it keeps you connected. It keeps you coming back. It, it keeps people top of mind. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I got to call this person I knew 10 years ago because they were so amazing at what they did. So that's one of the, the benefits of, of being involved in the chamber. And not saying it was a long, long time ago, but when I joined the chamber, it was the Woodland Hills Chamber. Then it became the Woodland Hills Tarzana Chamber while I was on the uh, the board of directors. And now it's a whole new beastie. So, um, yay. 
Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce. Which is awesome because that's exactly what this chamber should have been doing is growing and, and becoming a force to be reckoned with uh, and really enhancing its its power and say and voice. And I love that. That was so well said. And um, I agree wholeheartedly. Let's talk about you now, Rocky. So, okay, you've had 24 years with this whole coffee journey. You've had quite an adventure since taking a leap from finance to coffee. That is like a monumental uh, move. And we're excited to hear more about, you know, sort of how that happened. But again, to sort of call it back to the chamber, one thing we like to do is we like to get to know the person a little bit, a little bit about them. You know, again, with with the motto, you know, we, we use people we know, like, and trust. And knowing more about the person is very important. Tell us a little bit, like, tell us where you're from. Tell us why your name is Rocky. Can't wait to find out about that one. And I know that you have horses with your beautiful wife, Kim. We know that you have uh, two gorgeous children. We've got Heather and we've got Dane Jarris Rhodes. Rocky has a son named Dangerous Rhodes. And, you know, Rocky, uh, the floor is yours. <laughs> well, and, and that's kind of fun. The reason I'm Rocky Rhodes is because I was the third of two children and my parents thought that would be really funny to... Um, to name me Rocky Rhodes. And uh, I passed it on to my kids. Um, Heather, you came, who came first, you know her middle name is Tulane. I lobbied really hard to have that be her first name, so she'd be Tulane Rhodes. But uh, she's Heather Tulane Rhodes, but now that she's off in college, she is officially going by Tulane, which I love. And then Dangerous Rhodes as well. So, and my story is, um, I think, in nature, the similar story to more of the uh, small businesses that make up the chamber. And that is there is something in you that you find that you go, I love that. And I want to follow that thing. I came from high tech actually, uh, and, and was in solution sales for IBM and 9X and then moved to California and was in software sales. And it, it was interesting because coming from Seattle to LA, there was no good coffee. And that's all I wanted was a good cup of coffee. That pursuit of a perfect cup was what drove me, frustrated me, and made me want to find a solution. And I started roasting coffee at home in a popcorn popper and then selling at the farmer's market because it was a hoot. It was fun. It was what I really wanted to be doing as opposed to that thing that was providing a paycheck. And eventually I did the math and went, huh, I'm in the coffee business. And I didn't mean to be, but I was making enough money, picked up enough accounts and, um, and I was able to transition. And it was lean. It was very, very lean. In the first two years, I took zero in paycheck. And, and my lovely wife, Kim, will remind me of that over and, and over again. She, she is my motivation. We did what we needed to do to figure it out and turn it around. And lo and behold, we were able to uh, come up with a business model that would actually uh, provide an income for us. And you were a huge part of that, by the way, doing the business development that brought in some wholesale accounts. That was one of the things we figured out. We needed help um, getting the word out about us. We then were very successful in doing that and built that business up. 
That was that was amazing. Oh, look at you. I know that is the most amazing coffee you are pulling pouring into your cup right now. Just so you know, uh, this coffee I roasted in with this this motto in mind. 2020 happened to us. 2021 is going to happen for us. And great year starts with great coffee. So this is from the Galapagos Islands, and it's uh, fantastic. That's amazing. I love that. I think everybody watching this will 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 agree that uh, we need a new start. What better way to start each morning than with an amazing cup of coffee? So <laughs> we recognize that, you know, you were, uh, I mean, you were an amazing board member, Rocky, for the West Valley Warner Center Chamber of Commerce. In fact, when I met you, you were an award-winning uh, board member. Excuse me. So when I met you, I was just wildly impressed because I could tell how much you cared about the community, how much you cared about being involved. And could you just tell us a little bit about community involvement, why you think it's important, and um, you know why you've had a tendency to, to gravitate towards that for so long? And we want to hear a little bit about, about you and, and community. So here's, here's a natural law, and you can make it a religious law, a spiritual law, a uh, non-spiritual law, but it is this. Um, you will get back tenfold that which you put out. And being a responsible member of the community will bring the community uh, to rally around you as well. And it just, it is, it is what it is. So a, a really important part of any business plan is how am I gonna give back to the community? And you try and do that in several different ways. In addition to the chamber, I was a member of the Warner Center Rotary Club, and which brought me tons of joy. And I'm still a member of the Rotary Club now. I live out in Simi Valley now, but I'm a member out here. Giving back to the community should be at the core of every person's um, life and um, and one of those values that you hold. In business, it absolutely works. And so giving back to the Chamber of Commerce is a no-brainer to volunteer time to put effort into making other businesses stronger because they're going to make your business stronger. It just is. And you can't necessarily calculate it on a spreadsheet and say, if I do this, I'll get that. But magically, it's always tenfold. Uh, that's that's the spirit that I give back. And I try and even go deeper. I try to give back at personal level, community level, and, and a business level as well. And now, now I'm blessed that I get to do it not only domestically here, but I get to give back internationally. It's it's a the giving is is the greatest business model out there. I agree. First of all, I've been volunteering my whole life. I literally tell my mom. I came out of the womb volunteering. That was amazing because it really helped build better moral ethic compass for me in my life. I volunteered my whole life for all kinds of amazing organizations. And it was interesting that when I found myself then working in the business community, I always ended up going to work for people who wanted to give back. And I've been working uh, with Diana at the chamber uh, more recently with uh, through BLK, through the, the one of the beverages that's umbrellaed under Boho Brands. And we've been, uh, you know, over December, we were giving out two pallets of water a day. And now we're gonna keep that, keep that going because giving back is not just about giving back during the holidays, it's about giving back all the time. We're gonna keep that going through, through the entire year. And um, that, as you said, that should be a part of a business model. And I now realize like, I don't wanna be a part of a business unless it provides opportunities to give back. So thank you for that. Um, yeah. Can I share a story? You know, we do stories. This is a significant week for me. 
Uh, one of the ways that I gave back on a very, very personal level, and I share it with your community um, out there because I hope it will spur thought. But on Tuesday, January 19th, marked the five-year anniversary of me donating a kidney to a friend out here and fellow uh, Rotarian uh, out here in Simi Valley. I cannot believe it has been five years. It's been the most amazing thing. And, and you know how I said you get back tenfold that which you put out? Every once in a while, we throw a pebble in the pond and we send out waves. Uh, apparently, when I donated a kidney, I threw a rock in a mud puddle and it just made tsunamis. Uh, and it, I, I have been absolutely blessed and um, uh, life has been in flow and things have been coming to me uh, embarrassingly so. Uh, so much riches on so many levels uh, ever since that moment. Um, but I want to encourage anybody seeing this, that you have two kidneys. Some people have more. You only need one. And there's someone out there who's got a kidney that is failing. And it doesn't just fail overnight. It, it deteriorates over time. If someone in your circle, in your world says, hey, I need a kidney, you now know somebody who has donated a kidney and has come out the other side and is actually a better person um, as a result of it. And so now you know somebody, you can take some of the fear away and just consider it. Not I'm not suggesting it's going to be right for everybody. There's, it's really hard to actually become a donor, uh, all the tests they put you through, but consider it. It is uh, something that we can all do. We all have that extra one. The world's going to be a much better place. And talk about making an impact in your community. But anyway, shout out to Tony. Happy anniversary, Tony. That's so amazing. When I found out, I was like, of course Rocky gave it to me. Of course he did. Let's get back to the world of coffee. You had this aha moment where you're like, hey, I'm going to be in coffee. And then, um, you know, you, you did the sort of the wholesale side of things, you transitioned to consulting and um, it's led you to many, many countries where you've developed relationships with farmers. Um, you teach, you do research. That's kind of a hard thing to encapsulate all of that. So yep. if you could just kind of give us some highlights on like, what's your favorite coffee origin? Um, what's your relationship like with the farmers? Um, you know, what does that look like from somebody like me who's on the other end of the cup, essentially? You know, what what is that seed to dip uh, journey and why are the farmers important? And, Got and, it. and country do you like most? Cool. That's a lot to wrap into a, a question. Um, so I'm going to start at the uh, at the beginning of coffee and take it to our cup and do that as as, as succinctly as possible. Coffee starts as a cherry on a tree. And that cherry is grown by somebody. And it's the coffee trees are generally equatorial in nature. So somewhere near the equator, um, a little higher on the mountain, we get some good coffee. And there's people that do this. A lot of the countries, when you think about the ones that are right around the equator, are third world countries. And so coffee is a um, is agricultural product that um, is often the thing that people scrape the ground to do to try and create a living for their family. So it's, it's very, very personal to them. That cherry is then harvested and somehow you have to take off the skin of the cherry and get the seeds out. The seeds are the green coffee beans. Those green coffee beans then need to get roasted. Uh, and that was what we were doing at Rocky Roaster. We were that part of the supply chain. We'd buy the green coffee beans, roast them and sell them as roasted coffee. And uh, in our little store, we also made it all the way to the cup. Oh, nostalgic cup. 
Rocky Roaster. Um, so we, we would uh, actually bring it all the way to your cup from there. I was so intrigued by that supply chain. There was so little known about it to us who actually are in the industry that I started one, taking classes, asking questions and so on. And one thing that we, that the industry came up with is a uh, certificate program called the Q Grader program. And very simply, uh, way to think about it is to, in wine, you have a sommelier, in coffee, you have a Q grader. And they, a sommelier, the difference is they grade the end product, the wine. We would be more the people that grade the grapes before it's turned into wine. Q graders grading the green beans, not how well the roaster did on their job. The purpose for that is to find out what the potential and uh, the quality level of this coffee is and give it a number so that farmers can't be cheated. If you know what the value is, if everybody knows what the value is, nobody can cheat somebody. And it allows them to, if they have a desire to improve the quality of their coffee, get a higher reward for it. And so it's a grading system that levels the playing field for everybody. I worked in this end of the supply chain, the roaster to the consumer for so long. Um, there was a huge need in the other end, getting farmers and exporters of countries educated. I did sell my business in 2009, so I could then focus on uh, Q grader instruction, which has just opened up a ton of more doors and opportunities. I've now been in over 20 countries, have taught over a thousand Q graders in the world, and, and I get to work on absolutely fascinating, meaningful projects um, that improve communities, villages, and improves the quality of life. And just little things like, oh, it helped bring water to the community. It helped build a library in the community because they had some extra funding because now they know what their coffee is worth. So that those are the adventures I get to take now. That was, thank you. That was amazing. You speak passionately about, and I think it's, I think it's important to tell this, this story. You know, people are like, oh, this coffee is fair trade. Oh, it's organic. You know, they don't always know really what that means. And would you please let us know what the difference between fair trade and fairly traded is? Excellent. Um, great question. Sensitive question out there. And so anybody who has purchased a certified organic coffee or certified fair trade coffee, you're absolutely doing the right thing. Your mindset is I'm, I'm willing to pay a premium for this function that I'm getting fair trade, a fair price paid to the farmer or a, a, some a product that's friendly to the earth. One of the things as consumers, we don't really have time to do is peel that onion and see what does that really mean? And so to your question directly, fair trade certified coffee is a mark that's put out by Transfair USA. They do the monitoring of the farms um, and of the supply chain to make sure that money is paid ultimately by a consumer that gets transferred to the supply chain back to the farming community. That is, that's their business model and it works. Um, I have some opinions about the efficacy of that work, but the other side of that um, fair trade coin is, is coffee then not fairly traded? And the answer is, yeah, sometimes it's really bad. And sometimes people take advantage of farmers that don't know any different or don't have any other choice but to market at the price the person's pay, you know, standing in front of them with cash. I believe that micro roasters, the local, like a Rocky Roaster, the small roasting companies, they have an idea, a, a 
either a direct relationship where they've shaken the hand with the far, uh, of the farmer or the farming community and are buying coffee and telling that story, or they at least know that story if they haven't traveled that at origin. And they'll do things that will ensure they have a supply of coffee all the time. They will put funding back down that supply chain. And that's a fairly traded coffee. It's not monitored by anybody. It's not mandated by anybody, but it's the right thing to do. So not all non-fair trade certified coffee is unfairly traded. It, matter of fact, most coffee that you'll find in the specialty market is fairly traded. Now, can the farmer get more reward? Absolutely. And that's kind of where my job comes in is help the farmer understand where they are now in the grading scheme and then give them tips on how do you become a higher quality producer of this coffee so you get the higher reward. And that education is finally getting out to the uh, thing. And that's that's really improving quality is the most uh, sustainable fair trade practice out there. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that clarification because I just would go to the store and be like, oh, fair trade, oh, organic. Okay, then, you know, without really sort of understanding the, the, the backstory behind it. Yeah. Plug your book. Huh? What book? What book? What, this one? Profiling Practica. I wrote a book. One of the consulting jobs that I was doing was working for a roaster manufacturer, Dietrich Coffee Roasters. Um, I learned to roast on a Dietrich, one of their original models. And uh, I was teaching classes for them. And someone said, hey, if I want to become a roaster, I'm going to spend a bunch of money and a box is going to show up. And I'm going to open the box, install the roaster, and I got to make money right now. I can't spend years figuring out how to roast coffee. And I said, well, then you're getting in the wrong business. But then someone said, couldn't you give us recipes, profiles for roasting that would get us like from zero to 80% of the way, making good coffee. And then we'll spend the rest of our lives figuring out great coffee. Huh, that's a pretty low bar. I could probably hop over that. So um, that's what I did. I created, uh, I did some research uh, in conjunction with Dietrich Roaster and I spent um, by the way, my office that you're looking at, it's in a barn. I, I work in a barn now with the horses and I have a coffee roaster uh, here in the barn. And I spent weeks with about $10,000 worth of green coffee and I just roasted. And one of the things that you do when you're trying to improve roasting is you have to taste it, evaluate it, cup the coffee. You alluded to that in the intro. Uh, the Q grader system means you are a professional cupper. You're calibrated to yourself. So you make a little tweak in your recipe roasting the coffee and you go to the table and you drink it, you go, oh, this changed a little bit. And what I did was made several changes, roasted coffee about 14 different ways, eliminating one variable at a time until I had the perfect roast for that coffee. So if someone that was just getting into roasting took this book and it comes with a, a chip with all the profiles on it. You can load that up and you just follow the best profile for El Salvador coffee, uh, a little more complicated than that. You will get good coffee. It won't be the perfect roast for that lot because every lot is different, but it'll be really close. And it was so super fun to do. I'm, I'm really proud of the outcome and, uh, and been having fun, you know, People come up and say, will you sign your book? I'm like, okay, sure, I'll do that. That's, that's kind of fun. So I had I had more fun producing it, I think. Um, and we've sold 
just about a thousand copies so far. So that's kind of awesome. That is awesome. In 60 seconds or less, tell us about a cool project you're working on. Oh, excellent. So um, the the culmination of all that I know in coffee, I'm working on right now in Myanmar. And if you um, uh, can't find Myanmar on a map, look for Burma. That's what it became, Myanmar. Um, and I'm working with uh, a coffee community, uh, several coffee communities there where we're teaching them at the ground level how to harvest their coffee better, grow their coffee better, dry it better. We're setting up a a mill to process the coffee, and we're setting up export to bring that coffee to the U.S., we could literally increase the entire output of Myanmar by 30% in the next few years. Um, and that just, that not only changes villages and families, like hundreds of them, but it also uh, could change the entire gross domestic product of a country. Um, and that there's just, it's awesome to be able to to have enough knowledge uh, and the opportunity with great partners to be able to go and participate in, in something like that. So I'm very excited. Damn COVID. I got to get on an airplane. It's harvest season in Myanmar right now, and I can't go. We're My calendar, coming. as you can see, is open for going to Myanmar. <laughs> right. uh, open, everybody. I, we're all suffering, but you're really suffering. Yeah, I got to get on an airplane. This is your thing. Here's what a consumer is supposed to do. Okay. Here's what a consumer is supposed to do. If you go to a store to buy your coffee, look for a coffee that comes from a particular country because all that money is concentrated in one place. And if you like that, dig deeper. Like If you like Colombian coffee, dig deeper into Colombia until you find an estate in Colombia and try and buy that. And if you can... Go to your local roaster or your local coffee shop that works with a local roaster that can tell you where the coffee is from. And getting that personal connection to that thing will make you a beautiful consumer of the product. And if you are doing that, that inspires all the people that roast coffee and actually pay that more money to the uh, for their green coffee and it flows down to the supply chain. So drink better coffee. That's what I'm saying. I, I agree. I learned how to drink better coffee under your watch and your guidance. Rocky, I cannot thank you enough. Um, and drink for, more coffee like I do. For your time, even though you don't have anything else to do right now. No. <laughs> Hang on, let me check. No, um, I can't get on a plane I to China, so I'm good. Single time I talk to you, I am blown away. I'm fascinated. You're awesome human being. You're so knowledgeable about the coffee world. I love that I can turn to you with any question I ever have about the bean. And I'm hoping more people will and that your things will pick back up and that you're, we're looking forward to your career continuing to grow in amazing ways. Thank you so much for joining us today on Valley Bisma. It's my pleasure to be with you, especially you. Thank you. Bye everybody. Thank you for joining us on Valley Biz Buzz. Be sure to catch us on your favorite podcast stations and social media sites. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and more. Keep buzzing!